Okay. School is back in session. Yes. And so are we. And so are we. (laughs) We are back in better than ever. After a nice summer recess, we are back. We're very good. Um, Okay. We are coming back with our summer time sadness episode, um, alternate title. Summer bummer. Summer bummer. I like summertime sadness. I like summertime sadness, too. Um, So we're going to be talking about five movies today, five summertime sadness movies today. Um, There is about 10 billion we could have picked from, but Mm -hmm. we narrowed it down to five. Well, actually six, but then Amy and I didn't do our homework on the sixth one. So we're doing the best we can here, you know. We're out here. We had to also see a couple of movies this week that were unrelated to this episode. Correct. You know, just to be a part of the pop culture moment that's happening. Just to be a part of, you know, society, if you will. Society, the discourse. discourse. Twitter. What I'm talking about is Twitter. I don't have Twitter. I'm talking about Letterboxd for me. (laughs) Your version of Twitter. Yeah. Um, So five movies. Should we say the five movies? No. Let's 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 uh, make it a little. Yeah. Keep them keep them listening. Keep them on their toes. Keep them on the toes. What's it gonna be next? Um. So we're gonna do our five movies, Mm -hmm. our five uh, bummer summer movies, and then we will talk about what we watched in the last month since we last recorded yeah okay should i start us off yeah kick us kick us off girl okay so the first movie that we were talking about is now and then um so i wrote a brief summary or actually i plagiarized a brief summary so shout out wikipedia In 1970, a memorable summer shared by four besties. I wrote that. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Samantha, Chrissy, Roberta, and Teenie. Each of the four girls is going through her own individual struggles. Samantha's parents are in the midst of a divorce. Teenie is in pursuit of stardom and is boy crazy. Tomboy Roberta experiences embarrassment due to her developing breasts. And Chrissy is naive about sex and life in general due to her mother's overprotectiveness. Motivated by Samantha's interest in the occult, the girls regularly sneak out at night to hold seances in the cemetery. During one, a cracked tombstone convinces them that they have resurrected the spirit of a young boy identified only as Dear Johnny, who died in 1945. This sets the girls on a quest to find out what happened to him. So that is a very watered-down summary of what Now and Then is about. Do you want to go first? My thing... All right. First of all, I've never even heard of this movie before. Okay. I watch this movie maybe once a week as a kid. Which is crazy <laughs> to me because I've never heard of it. And my take, my hot take is that it's the girl version of Stand By Me and also kind of Sandlot. And I would have It's definitely loved, early Sandlot. I would have loved Sandlot. to have added Sandlot to this because... Mm-hmm. I loved Sandlot growing up, but this was, like, good to add in because, like, it was way more angsty. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. This movie has it all. Bikes, bullies, <laughs> kissing boys, near-death experiences. Um, I don't know. Like, Brendan Fraser pops in for a minute. Crazy. 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 I'm like, what is he doing? He's also, I'm pretty sure, like, uncredited. So, like, can you believe? Um, The movies might as well have been sponsored by Vans. Everyone was wearing Vans in it for some reason. Um, It was just, like, a sweet sweet little thing. It was weird to me that... Christina Ricci was the younger version of Rosie O'Donnell for some reason. That yeah, I don't didn't know track for me at all. That casting, well, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty <laughs> for sure. And also, like, it's interesting because she's really the only one that kisses a boy. I think, and she's like, it's very much giving queer energy, young, yeah. young and old. Well, I read that they wrote that they wrote Rosie O'Donnell's. Well, so for context, it also shows them in 1991, right. so or 1995. Sorry, 25 <clears throat> years later, and yeah. so those are all like I think Demi Moore pay, plays someone. Um, Rosie Rita O'Donnell, Wilson. yeah, 
Rita and Wilson. Griff, uh, Melanie Griffith. Griffith. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Christina Ricci is uh, Roberta, and then yeah. and then the older Roberta is Rosie O'Donnell. But originally they had um, written her character as a lesbian, and okay. then that, see that makes sense. And then the producers of the movie were like, too, no, too no much. heart, yeah, too, too <laughs> no heart, heart. You can't do Which that. like cool, whatever. But like she literally is binding her boobs, and it's like, yeah, it couldn't be more that. Um, it's also crazy to me because they all, all, all of the older versions of themselves look so much older in this movie than they do now. Mm-hmm. Like Rita Wilson's like stunning now. Yeah. And they all looked. She looked like shit. Beat. She, she looked like was beat in this movie. They like. all, all the old, even like Demi Moore, no offense. Like. I know. They all look so fucking old and now they're like hot as hell. Yeah. Good for them. Honestly, good for them. It gives me hope. Surgery. Um, gives me hope that this is actually my downfall and then my peak's going to be in like 10 years. Yeah. I'm wait. I'm just waiting for anything here. Um, <laughs> but the production design was great. The interior design of like the rooms and the houses were so good. Um, Classic on the side. Oh, the one thing that I was expecting from this movie was like flashbacks like the flashbacks and like the real time instances would be like back and forth but yeah. it really was just like a bookend of mm-hmm. this is who they were an entire movie of them growing up in the summer and then like a last scene of them being like Adults. love yeah. you heart you know yeah yeah which is not what i anticipated at all a bookend is a literal perfect way to put that anything else i have so much okay well okay but keep in mind this was like my this was like my movie yeah yeah. growing up so some notes i wrote is now i know where i first heard i'll be there by the jackson five and while why i still sing it all the time when i got my first car i put the now and then soundtrack like i burnt it onto a cd and just like drove around atlantic city listening to like band of gold and the Jackson Five, but only because of this because movie. Because of this movie. Because yeah. of this movie. Um, when Christina Ricci screams at the boys and says, "We owe you wormers, and we always pay our debts." Iconic line. Iconic. Wait, you know what's another? <laughs> the only other iconic line that really sticks out to me is also from Christina Ricci's character when she was younger, and she says, "You deserve." She punches somebody in the face. She's like, "You deserve that fart ass." <laughs> and, and you know what? Why are we not calling people fart asses? You're so right. Let's like, bring it back. How is that not the best insult of all time? Um, another line or another note. Okay, I did not know Brendan fucking Fraser was in this. Yeah, because I haven't seen it since I was a yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, he looked so good, he and they were a cutie pie. All the twelve year olds were like actively trying to smash and i was so happy they didn't make him pervy i know but there was like something he had like a little like glimmer in his eye but i was like they could have gone further with that (laughs) there was a little little instance of him being like checking out one of the girls that's just how i feel in my heart i agree um Oh, so something really funny that happened is, uh, so you know the scene where they're on Teenie's roof and there's a drive-in movie in the background? Yes. So it's Love Story is playing in the background. And the woman, I watched this on the airplane home, and the woman next to me was watching Love Story. Wait, that's crazy. Um, to wrap it up, there is Trey Culture in... There is? Yes. When the grandmother comes out with all the lemonades. Oh my god. And she's like, <laughs> We have Trey Culture. We have Trey Culture. Trey Culture is making its way back um, into reductive reviews. Overall, I think this movie was a very important coming of age movie. Also, my older sister would watch this movie. Shout out Kyla, if you I listen love. to this. Um, and I would like, I just wanted to be so much like her when I, like I was watching this probably, I was like eight, nine, 10, whatever. And Kyla was like 
14, 15 watching this. And I just, I like thought that these girls were it. Yeah. I thought that like, this is what my life was going to be like, even though it was like the year 2000 at that point. (laughs) And I just, this, so as I was watching it on the plane for the first time, since I was probably like 10 or 11, I was just bawling my eyes out. So it was like the nostalgia was running rampant for me. It didn't resonate with me, obviously, because I haven't seen it. But I do think that it's, like, there's so much, like, evergreen images of just, like, kids riding around a cul-de-sac and with bikes. Like, yeah. how is that not... How do you not identify with that? It's also just... It's, a, you know, it's four girls in the 70s, yeah. you know, who were, like, not behaving the way that they should be. I mean, so. they weren't bad. I mean, they weren't good. They were smoking cigarettes with, like with like PTSD <laughs> veterans and kissing boys and like sneaking out. That's true. Um, they were like, they were innocently bad. Yeah. 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 I would say. So. It, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Great movie. Okay. On, On to, the, to next. the next. Which is Las La Cienega. La Cienega. La Cienega. You know what I mean? <laughs> Okay, this Argentinian tale, which revolves around a group of families passing summer vacation in a royal country house, does not rely on a concrete plot line, but rather roves, rambles, and stumbles upon each new event. No event, no action, no exchange of words, no scene of the movie is more or less important than another. Instead, the film continues in what feels like a prolonged wait. I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't think that I agree with that. I don't think that I agree with that either. It's like, I guess there is no... I mean, no plot, but I think that, like, the mom, the first scene when she, like, falls down, which also, funny as hell that she falls down, nobody reacts. Nobody reacts. I was reading online, apparently that is, like, a very Argentinian way for, like, men to behave. Yeah, but there are also, like... There was, like, ten people around the pool. And also, that was the only time that they were there. They never came back. Who the fuck were were those people? Okay, so in the opening scene, basically the mom is just very, very drunk. And she's picking up all the wine glasses. And she literally just falls. And she's just bleeding out all over her chest, all over her arms. I went into this movie literally not knowing anything about it. And I was shocked at how disturbing I found this movie. It was hot take body horror. Whoa, you love saying everything is body horror, though. You can make anything body horror. No, if I was, like, so... The first ten minutes are so fucking confusing because the mom falls, smashes glass all over her chest, first of all, is just laying there, and then there's ten people around this disgusting-ass swimming pool not reacting, and then her children are running out being like, we gotta get her to the hospital, we gotta get her to the hospital, but, like, no one else is moving. Literally no one, and And everyone's, like, like, wasted. Everyone's fucked, first of all, the entire movie, everyone's everyone's fucked up. Everyone's wasted. Which, like, that's kind of cool, though. No, no, but it was, like, they were bad. Um, they were bad parents. (laughs) They were really Um, bad parents. (laughs) I don't have much to say about this movie. I'm happy that I've seen it i will probably never watch it again um i think it's like so inappropriate all of the relationships are like Mm -hmm. so fucking inappropriate this son the elder son like came home to take care of his mom or like check in on her like they're always in bed and he was always in bed with like the younger sister. Okay, I'm I could not tell if that was his sister or not, and then I read that it it is his sister. Yeah, they're all siblings. It's heinous. No, it's heinous. He like gets into the shower. With I her. know, and like it's very inappropriate. It's really a lot. And, but he was also in the bed with his mom. I know he was the he, way the, the one scene, the first scene that we see him in the bed with his mom, he's like leaning over. Wait, right? I thought that they were hooking up. I thought that he was like motorboating her. I thought it was his stepmom. I thought, and then I was like, and then she's like, my son. No, and I'm like I know what. It's so. A lot of things about this movie is very confusing because, like, the sexual innuendos make the relationships so confusing because they're family members, but they like. There's so much sexual. I mean, it edges, tension. Yeah, it, I don't even. It edges so hard on incest. I've like actually never seen a movie that's like 
just about to go there and then like movies either are like we're gonna do incest yeah or we're just like not gonna do incest can you believe um it's they're like that that scene of the mom and the son like i really i had to rewind a couple yeah. of times because i could it literally looked like he was like sucking on her tits and i, I was know like, what no the one that blew my mind it was him getting in the shower and she was like flirty she was like stop yeah but before <laughs> she was like stop it big brother <laughs> yeah but before that they were like clearly like play fighting and they also they got, almost hooked up. I know. And then and then he like went in the shower with her and she, and they were both like hee, hee, hee. I thought I'm that like, they were gonna fuck. I was like, I couldn't. What? Really and also she had to have been like fourteen and he's like fully a grown man. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, I guess he's like must be like in his twenties, he like lives in the city by like, you know, with an older woman. Yeah. Who also the older woman who works for the family is also the person that the dad had an affair yes. with. Yes. It's great. It's okay. Kind of, it's quite the cesspool. Well, actually, it's I, I think I think that it translates to it translates to like the swamps. I'm like they're in the swamps of incest. There, are, I'll if tell you, you what's will. a swamp. That fucking goddamn pool is a swamp. That pool was such a swamp. Clean it. Just clean your fucking pool. Clean the pool. Clean the pool. Um, I have some notes on this. So, one, I said this is just a movie about relying on your children too much. Um, yeah, I mean, like, those, all of the parents were... Although the cousin was, like, good... She was a good mother. The Tati? Yeah, Tati was a good mother. Um, yeah, I think she was a good mother. Her son dies in the end. He does. And for some reason, that was very hard to confirm online. I finally really? did, but yes, for some reason that is not what, like, so when I read the It was plot, very ambiguous. It was ambiguous, but like, obviously you can see Jose is like, I'm not going to call, I'm not going to call. Everybody's like so sad. Uh-huh. Everybody's like searching for the meaning of life in the end. And it's why I'm so surprised that so many, like so many websites were like, this is a plotless movie. And I'm like, actually this movie has like a beginning, middle, end, end. I, I don't really understand. I don't, I don't get that either. I, I agree with you. Because, like, if nothing else, a child dies in the end. A child, it starts with a woman falling and literally mutilating herself, and a child dying in the end, and a bunch from of shit happens. From falling off of a ladder. From falling off like, the ladder. Like, it's not... I feel like this was a, like, kind of... <laughs> You're gonna what? kill me. It's a scary movie. You have got to stop. <laughs> You've really got to stop. <laughs> I mean, it was chilling. So weird. Um, no, I think it is not a scary movie, but it's not like it's very. <laughs> it is very unsettling, and it gives you the same feelings as horror films do. I guess. But I felt like very ups- like I-, I felt like genuinely upset after this movie. Like I had to like kind of shake it off. A little I bit. did too. Honestly, I watched it and I was it was so not what I was expecting. I thought it was just going to be like slice of life, having fun by the pool. Girlies. I thought it was. I thought at most. I I don't even know what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like a call me by your name type of movie of like a little just like yeah slice of life by the pool. Yeah, no. It With, was like, not. a little, like, you know, just sadness, kind of, like. I mean, there was, I feel like this is the, oh, oh, okay. For how crazy this was, I do feel like this was, like, the quintessential summertime sadness movie, That's though. exactly what I wrote down. This is the movie out of all of them on our list that it, that encapsulates the theme of summertime sadness the most, because... We're hot, we're sweaty, we're in the pool, we're in the shower, we're cooling off. We're in the shower with our we're sister. We're chugging water. We're in, there's, yeah. And we're then, with our mom. And then, like, everyone's fucking miserable and sad, and, like, everyone everyone's has a up. shitty fucking life. Yeah. Like, rolling around in the goddamn swamp. Roll, but, like, but this is supposed to be a very wealthy family, by the way. No, I know. And Which is, like, that. but their house was disgusting their house was so messy and gross and like i mean and and everybody had a fucking injury in this movie like the son missing an eye i know he was just like they were just like he was in a car accident 
They and now he just doesn't have an eye. And they, the mom's walking around with stitches all over the place. Uh, and the son has a broken nose. And, and the, the other little, one has a tooth and they're in the roof of the Oh, yeah, mouth. the one has... I'm telling you, it really is body horror. Well, yeah, I mean, I yeah. The little boy was so fucking cute. He was so cute. And then he... Died. Goes and dies. He did die. He was the star of this movie. He was. He and you know what's interesting? They had so many close-up shots of his face. And a lot of people's faces. But, like, mostly his face. And I caught on because I was like, this is the fucking cutest kid on He's the planet. He's a really cute kid. But I guess it was just like foreshadowing his death. Rip. Okay, I wrote, this is the ultimate summertime sadness movie. There's even an infomercial in the background of like, this movie gives like, it's hot, it's humid, it's sweaty, it's drunk. I know everybody's feet are fucking swollen in this movie. Oh my God. <laughs> I just know it. Everybody's from, got cankles. From their salt and sugar intake from all of that wine. Yeah. And then they're just having like catfish stew. Yeah. It was, it's really like, it's actually like a very grotesque movie. It like is. I think it's like a very gross movie. Like I was watching it and I would like wanted to take a shower. Yeah. Um, there's no music in this movie. There's no, like, score. There's nothing. It's just, like, the sound of nature and people, like, pouring wine. Ugh. And, like, it's, I mean, it's, it really reminds me of, like, all you, all I think about is, like, not even the splashing of a pool or, or the sound of water. I think of the ice in a wine glass. I know. Splashing around. Yeah. That was majority of that's yeah and you're trying to cool yourself down yeah. but you're just getting hotter because you're they're drinking red wine oh. with ice um disgusting. but there's even an infomercial in the background of like you know it's like you're just hot like the sheets are half off the bed like bed is exposed like it just i don't know it just made my skin crawl and in that one scene with the mom like drinking the hot wine with like the sheets half off the bed it's like nighttime there's an infomercial that's like he says summer getting you down <laughs> i was like this, this is, is the saddest summer movie i've ever seen summertime sadness to a t um that's, anything else that's, 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 okay. that's la cienega okay that's la cienega what do we got next next is lords of dogtown yeah boy so a drought in 1970s Southern California has an unexpected side effect. As people empty their swimming pools, a group of teen surfers from the Dogtown area of Venice Beach move in with skateboards and a new sport is born. Based on a true story, this film follows the Z-Boys, uh, or the Z-Boys skate team members, Stacey Peralta, Tony Alva, Jay Adams, and their manager, Skip, played by Heath Ledger. As her as their fearless pool surfing leads to fame, fortune, and misfortune. Big time misfortune. All right, what do we got for Lords of Zogtown? Have you seen this before? Yeah, this was like my high school movie. Another one? This was like I believed growing up in Atlantic City that my life also would be like this because everyone surfed and skateboarded. Um, needless to say, it wasn't. Um... Well, not needless to say, I don't know your life. I don't know what living in Atlantic City was like. Um, not this. Not this. <laughs> not a Californian dream. Um, no, not a Venice Beach dream. Not a Venice Beach dream. I liked this. I had never seen it before. I love a good Catherine Hardwick movie. I love a good Catherine Hardwick Nikki Reed Pipeline mm -hmm. 13 Twilight mm -hmm. Lords of Dogtown mm -hmm. like Catherine if you have a favorite actress and her name is Nikki Reed just say that just say it girl just say it girl um the cast was so great I'm like assuming that they had to learn how to skate and surf for the movie yeah I think that they I think that they casted people who might assumption is that they probably already did and then yeah. they probably just had stunt doubles yeah, yeah. Um, that's what i figured too but i was gonna do the research like emile hirsch obviously like zidane. and then i have big time at zidane um the music was absolutely fire we enter with jimmy he first of all a lot of jimmy hendrix lots of jimmy hendrix um voodoo child the m one scene that like stands out the most to me is heath ledger Standing down the surfboard and singing Maggie May. Oh, that stop. is That's actually like I got so excited. I like my heart started pal like shit like that in movies 
Yeah. That, like, really, like, makes you feel something because you're like, this is so fucking Did good. it make you cry? I didn't cry. But you were like, I, I could. But I literally, like, j- I, like, sat up straight and I was like, holy shit, this is, like, a perfect cinematic moment. And yeah. I really, really loved it. Did you like the movie overall? I liked it. I didn't love it. I but like if teenage you had some okay this was Wait, my this was one, my across the universe okay. I have to say my one note is literally I wish I grew up watching this because I would have absolutely fucking loved it yeah um but I didn't so I'm like watching it as a 28 year old woman and I'm just like this is cool man <laughs> I mean I the thing about me is I love skateboarding. I think skateboarding is the coolest fucking sport. If you skateboard, you're the coolest human being on the planet. And I also love movies and TV shows about skateboarding and skateboarding crews, like Skate Kitchen and that HBO show Betty with all the girls who are Mm -hmm. skating. Like, that shit is the best to me. So this is right up my alley. I just, like, if you have a movie about skateboarding, I'm all in. You know? I'm all in, baby. Um... I have to say, Sofia Varaga, is that how you say it? Sofia Vergara. Vergara. Yeah. Is in this. I know. And I couldn't believe what I saw her, because again, this is a movie I've not watched since high school. Yeah, yeah, I was, I did like a triple take. Yeah. The first time that we see her, so we see her, she doesn't have any lines, we just see her like very briefly, and I was like, yeah, yeah. holy shit. I know. Is that her? Well, she's in the opening credits. Oh, is she? So she, it's like fucking... And also America Ferreira was. So I was, like, the entire time, I was, like, waiting for America Ferreira yeah, and Sofia Vergara. they both have such small parts. And they do. And I'm, like, also, when Sofia Vergara spoke, I was, like, I don't even know what she's saying. But, yeah. But it was just so funny because they both look so exactly the same, but also, like, so young and cute and different. Yeah. But when I was I waiting her, the entire shocked. time for the both of the girlies. And I was, like, all I'm seeing is Nikki Reed and I can't. I'm not getting out of this Nikki Reed area. Um, my only other note for this movie is that I should have let this movie die with my childhood. Uh, it did not hit the same. Oh, really? Honestly, I mean, no, because I'm not. I'm not like 14 or 15, hoping to find like my dream skater boy. Like I'm an adult. I'm I, literally still looking for my dream skater. Boy. I'm an adult person who's like. Like, the, it just didn't hit the same. It just, like, di- it just didn't hit the same yeah. as it did when I was in high school. I watched this movie so much in high school. It's also, this was, like, a soundtrack that I loved. Um, and I would, like, beg my mom to let me order it on pay-per-view. And she would let me order it. <laughs> she would let me order it. <laughs> she would, like, go to work and, like, let me. I'd be like, can I please watch Lords of Dogtown? And then one Christmas she got it for me on DVD. It was, Shut like, up. my movie. Wait, that's so um, cute. And so... It just, it just didn't, it's one of those things that, like, you should just leave it, I think, yeah. like, where it was. And I think just, that's a lot of Catherine Hardwick movies, yeah. to be honest. Just, like, leave it in, like, a time capsule of your childhood yeah. and don't ever, like, try to recover it. To. Because it's just, it's just it's never going to feel the same. It's just not going to feel the same. Like, now and then was nostalgic for me, but, like, this was nostalgic in a different way. Like, I felt sad after it because yeah. I was, like... You, you just feel so far away from the person that you were, you know, in high school. Ugh, and it's, I think it just God. brings up questions of, like, you know, just growing up. Existential dread. A little existential yeah. dread was hitting. I was also, I also watched this on the airplane. It was a very long plane ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. You're gonna like, I'm too emotional for this shit. KMS. Yeah. You're like KMS. I really did love, like, I think storyline wise with all of the guys splitting up and going their different like starting off in the same group splitting up doing you know that's not true right no i know oh okay no, no no but like the way that the movie is oh yeah and then like coming back together at the end in the swimming pool perfect perfect ending yeah it was it was a really great ending. Also, i wonder if that happened i think it did because in the end they were like they kept it empty yeah. Um, and also, 
Pink Floyd's Two Lost Souls, so many fishbowl, year after year. Like, playing that as they're I know. skating really, in the empty pool really fucking hit for me. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. It, it hit. It really hit. It hit. Uh, final note is Heath Ledger fucking acted his little, his heart out. little heart out. You say it's very hard to act drunk, and boy, oh boy, did he pull it off. I mean, maybe he was drunk. He <laughs> There's been. impossible. I mean, yeah. he was... He was so, I mean, he got, like, the beach rat down. Down. Like, he was a beach rat. Yeah. Now, I know guys like that. I yeah. definitely grew up with guys who ended up, like, sounding and looking like Heath Ledger in this movie. Wow. Um, but, no, he got, he had that beach rat act down. I was like, did you, are you method acting this? Like, what, what's going on here? It was so good. And, again, didn't realize it was Heath Ledger until I watched it last week. Oh, really? No, I mean, I don't know who yeah, Heath yeah. was in Also, he, he had, like, veneers in or something. Yes, something. So it didn't, it was, like, he had veneers in, so it looked like he had, like, a crazy, it didn't look like him. Yeah. Especially with that, like, wig on or whatever. Mm-hmm. It really didn't look like Heath Ledger. But yeah. He's, like, so, like, love you, heart, heart. Love you. He did. I thought it was great. Um, uh, we have Contempt. Contempt. Fire fave. Yeah. You say you're not a French New Wave girly. I'm not. <laughs> this is your idea. Contempt was your idea. Contempt was my idea because, wait, do you want to read the... Oh, okay. Um, okay, so not satisfied with the script for his new movie, The Odyssey, producer Jeremy hires screenwriter Paul to write a new one. Paul seems oblivious to Jeremy's obvious interest in Paul's wife, Camille. As Paul becomes ever more engrossed in writing the screenplay, Camille... Camille comes to resent him, thinking her husband is pushing her into the producer's arms for his own benefit. And that is an incredibly reductive plot. It's very reductive. For what happens in this movie. Okay, was this actually my idea? Yeah. Contempt. I, okay. Contempt is currently playing at Film Forum in New York City for the 60th anniversary. And... I've gone a few times, like, when they had the Fritz Long Festival, and they had the trailer for Contempt. It looked so, like, the quintessential summertime sadness. I'd never seen this before, either. I haven't seen any of these fucking movies, to be honest. Um, except for the next movie. But it just looked like... I feel like French New Wave is very much always giving summertime sadness and this is the perfect example of that yeah i did like this movie well the parts that i didn't like about it were the parts where they were just like oh my god fucking sitting in the apartment running around they spent like a half an hour being like i love you i hate you i love you i hate you i love you i I love that are you serious i know you love it and that's what i hate i hate it because it's so plotless see i love that like there's so much like french films are just like angsty plotless sitting in a room being like i love you i hate you i love you i hate you and like that's what they did for a half hour and i'm like y'all perfect y'all have got to fucking stop and also like i can't deal with it um outside of that i did love it i mean it had my fritz long my favorite director of all time shout out he had some of the best lines in the movie he was just like i prefer my movie m which is one of my favorite movies of all time there's something we have something in common i also love that he played himself it was and it was self-deprecating no and also he's just like out here being like man created gods literally straight up wisdom this man it was like so likable it just like made me love him even more um, but that had really nothing to do with the, like, the actual plot or whatever. This is just, like, an ode to me loving Fritz Long. But, like, what is an episode of Reductive Reviews if not me professing my love to Fritz exactly. Long? Exactly. I agree. Um, um, I, another, another note about French filmmakers and Godard, um, they love to forget the task at hand. <laughs> like... They love to be like, I'm going to go inside and wash my hands and then like 
sit down, have a conversation, have a cigarette, slap a girl in the ass, and do everything but wash the hands, you know? I know, he didn't wash his hands. He didn't fucking wash his hands. hands. But they are obsessed with being like, I'm going to do one thing and then just not, like, not do it. I, I need, I need, I just think, I just need more structure. Yeah. But what do you got? What do you got, kid? What do I got? Um... Okay, my first note is that this movie is literally the most self-indulgent movie I've ever watched in my entire life. And he's obviously just recreating the Odyssey. Like, it, he's just paralleling it yeah. to, like, to contempt. Um, which I found, like, just a little too obvious and annoying. Like, he's obviously... Paul is supposed to be Godard, who's supposed to be Ulysses. And then... Um, Bridget Bardot, who is Camille, is obviously supposed to be Penelope, and like the story plays out literally, basically exactly as it does in the Odyssey. And I yeah. was like, this is just slightly like heavy-handed. Like, why, why couldn't you have been like just a little more subtle or, like, in, in the parallels? In anyway, yeah. Instead of being like. Here are two yeah, stories that exactly. we're telling at the exact same time. Yeah. I mean, obviously the endings aren't the same, but I was just like, this is, I like when a movie goes over my head. And I was like, this actually didn't really go over my yeah. head. And, and I find that like somewhat annoying. Um, wow. Now you being annoyed. Love. <laughs> I love that. Love. Um, so there's that. I mean, the movie itself is obviously fucking stunning that, that house that they're in in Capri have you ever seen a roof like that so if you've never seen the movie there they half of it takes place in Paris and half of it takes place in Capri and so the house that the villa that they're in in Capri is like on a cliff and the roof you can walk so like the house is slanted mm-hmm. and the roof is stairs so and you, you can walk just walk up the stairs to the roof of that's the reason why because there's a shot where Bridget is descending the steps and it's like the most gorgeous thing in the oceans in the background and it just it's so fucking beautiful that I'm like there's no way that we're not talking about this for this episode because it's just like it's just so beautiful yeah um I think I think the other thing is that I also found the ending again I'm going to use the same description like I also found the ending very self-indulgent like him killing Camille, like Godard killing Camille, which I have to imagine, like, has also, like, a parallel to yeah. what he, like, hoped would have happened in his real life, which is, like, such a fucking cop-out. I also, disagree with that. I, I think it painted her as the villain. She wasn't the villain. She was a woman scorned. Her husband was literally pimping selling and pimping, pimping her out to an American producer. This is a classy French woman, Okay. She's yeah. got no business hanging. And he literally pushed her into no, his he, arms. And he's like, as punishment for doing the thing that I completely manifested and like, and forced to happen, I'm, I'm actually just going to kill you. At the I end know, of but the, it didn't have to. Okay. Here's my thing. The entire time I was like, somebody's got to die. It didn't have to be her. It didn't have to be have Jeremy. No, it should have just been Jeremy. Oh. Well, I mean, yeah, Jeremy was, like, such your fucking quintessential American fucking horrible douchebag stereotype. He was the worst. He was the worst. He was the worst. He was the worst. Would have loved if he died. Now I know what a frack in the 60s was like. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Would have never known if it weren't for this movie. Oh, boy. Um, (laughs) But I just feel like I needed a death and I liked that I actually liked the death I liked I liked the ending I don't I didn't I thought it was visually like very well done it was so cool it was really cool it was really cool cool. but it's a car accident and they got into but it's just like nah it's cool and all she wants to do is just be a typist again I know she's like I just want to go to Rome and type she's just like my husband broke my heart these men are out here. And that's the thing. She is, she's heartbroken. That's what I, why I felt like it was such an unjust ending for her. She was already heartbroken. You didn't have to kill her on top of it. Okay. Like, you had it let me, let, me have, let me have a little word with Godard. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll put in a little word It was just there. rude. No, I, I, I could see where you're coming from. I, I personally needed a death, and I, I thought it was so cool and gorgeous, the death image that I was like so satisfied with it personally yeah 
But um, also, she has one of the best lines. She said, if you love me, just be quiet. I'm a favorite uh, line of all time. If you love me, just be quiet. If you love me, just be quiet. And you know what? That goes for everyone. I felt that hard and deep in my soul. I, I feel it so deeply. Um, okay. That's, that's, not, that's for me. All right. I'm good I'm, on contempt. I'm good on contempt. Uh, let's do The Graduate. Yeah. So... Benjamin, played by Dustin Hoffman, obviously, mm-hmm. has just finished finished college and back at his parents' house. He's trying to avoid the one question everyone keeps asking. What does he want to do with his life? An unexpected diversion crops up when he is seduced by Mrs. Robinson, a bored housewife and friend of his parents. But what begins as a fun tryst between or as a fun tryst turns complicated when Benjamin falls for the one woman Mrs. Robinson demanded he stay away from from her daughter, daughter. Elaine. This is also the ultimate summertime sadness movie. This is such a summertime sadness movie. I I love this movie. I've always loved this movie. This is the only movie that I have like seen. This is like one of my favorites. Dude. Yeah. Um, what do I have to say? The one thing that I think about when I think about The Graduate is the first immediate reaction is Simon and Garfunkel. Are you going to Scarborough Fair? Hello, darkness, my old friend. Hello, darkness, my old friend. (laughs) That's the second one, but Scarborough Fair is always the first thing that comes to my mind because it's like parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. How many times we got to say it in a movie? The answer is 100, and I love it. Shout out to Simon and Garfunkel. Shout out. Also, shout out to Technicolor. I'm a little slut for Technicolor. <laughs> Any movie that's not Technicolor, I love it. Um, the one part that I noticed that I picked up on this time around is Mrs. Robinson asks him his age, and he says, I'm turning 20 next week. And then they have his 21st birthday Ooh. in, like, the next scene. And oh, editing mistake. A little loud. I was Plotful. literally so confused for, like, an hour. <laughs> I, was, like, <laughs> speed up the I was like, wait a minute. I, I actually, because I was like, <laughs> did wait. Did you look it up? No, I actually didn't look it up because I'm horrible at my job, a.k.a. podcasting. Um <laughs> And I'm just, like, throwing it into the ether that I'm pretty sure he said I turned 20 next week, which means he's 19, and then he turned 20, and then it was his 21st birthday the next week. Well, how would he have graduated college at 20, at 19? I know that, and that's what I was thinking I about the there's actually a lot of, I can't think about that, because The Graduate in my head is one of the greatest movies of all time, but, like, did they really fuck that up that badly? <sighs> It has to be me, right? It has to be you. It has to be me. You, were you tired? I'm always tired. <laughs> were you just a little tired? <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we're going to circle back to that, maybe in another episode and reconfirm. But, like, I swear on my life, I heard I turned 20 next week, and then the next scene was him, the 21st birthday, where he gets the scuba gear. Even the 21st birthday is a stretch I for know, having just graduated but that's college. Why, that's but why it's out. It's because I'm like, just, okay, was he a boy genius? He's literally 19. At that time, when he graduated, he was supposed to be 19 years old. And I'm like, you're not graduated when you're 19. No, you certainly are not. You're certainly not. You're certainly not. Anyway, that's like my whole conspiracy against that whole thing. Um... Also, Dustin Hoffman acting like he's... I mean, he. I don't know how old he was when he... Wow, I have zero facts about this movie. Sorry. <laughs> I think that Dustin Hoffman looks old as hell for being a 21-year-old. He's, in fact, 30 years old playing a 21-year-old. Mrs. Robinson's only 36 playing... A hundred-year-old. hundred-year-old. <laughs> and, okay, here's my thing. They really did I, her dirty. <laughs> I, no, for real. I'd be so offended if someone was like, hey, can you play a four-year-old? I'd be like, you're kidding. They were only six years apart. That's And here's the thing. It takes away from, and I've always thought this watching The Graduate, it takes away from, like, 
the tabooness of their relationship because they don't look that yeah like if he looked like he was 17 i would be like oh my god this is crazy but they look the same age and i've always been like why what's the big deal yeah and you know what we're right because of yeah and now we've got factual and now we have facts to back it up i know and also like it's it's also because of how iconic the graduate is like you know there's here's to you mrs robinson she's whatever like it's you know mrs robinson became an icon for seducing such a young man but like when you watch the movie you're like there's no shock value here other than like the plot is telling me that there should be a hundred like visually there's nothing here that i'm like whoa i know well I just, like, love when she's seducing him and she, like, pulls... Anytime that her legs are involved, beautiful shots. Yeah. Also, when Eileen is, like, goodbye, Ben, and it's, and it's like, a zoom out yeah. of, like... And then she's, like, in the fucking far corner. It's gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, it's a stunning film. I mean, the last shot is also just iconic. What, what are your thoughts on the last shot? I think, I think the last shot is, like... It's, it re-brings up the question of, like, okay, but, okay, so now what are we going to do yeah. with this life, I think. Yeah. Which is, like, him getting married to Aline, I don't think cures any of his existential dread. Yeah. I think it's, I think he's, like, great, now, now we both are, like, in this boat. Now I, like, yeah. have her to account for. Um, I don't think he regrets marrying her. I think he's just, like, this... Like, relationships don't solve anything if you're not, like, right with yourself, right? Dude's a freak. (laughs) I just gotta say, dude's a fucking freak. He literally goes on not even one full date with Elaine and is so obsessed with her that he stalks her to Berkeley. I love that. Weirdo. And also, all of his sex scenes with Mrs. Robinson, weirdo. Come on, stop. Be normal. Yeah. He has some issues. I will say that. And you're right. It doesn't solve all of his, like, existential dread. It's like... It's like, now what do I do with this life that, like, I have dragged somebody else into? I've always wondered if there was, like, I know that that's, like, the given meaning of it. But I've always wondered if there was, like, another deeper meaning to that. But, I mean, I guess, like, how how deep can you go? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, that's what you, you, you assume. Like, they're literally running out of the chapel after, like, Elaine, Elaine. Yeah. Iconic. And then, like, they get on the bus and they're just like, oh, shit. What the fuck do we what do What the now? fuck do we do? All of our problems are still here. If not more so, because yeah. now their parents are fucking obviously going to, like, cut them off and yeah. have nothing to do with yeah. them. And yeah. that's bad. Um, I can't go into a swimming pool. Without hearing Hello Darkness, My Old Friend, and and attempting to sing to... Because I've always seen, watched this movie and been like, I don't think that I get... Listen, nobody gets existential dread more than me. Yeah. But... For some reason, it does. I do not. It does not resonate with me in this movie. Maybe because like he's just like a severely wealthy, rich white kid. I mean, yeah, that's why his existential. Like, listen, I I have an existential crisis like almost nightly. Yeah, right. Um, like when the lights go out, I'm like, well, yeah, here we go, here we go, yeah. My brain's like, come on, honey, it's time, yeah. it's time to dance. Let's um, go, girls. Let's go, girls. Um, but I think you're right. I think this. I think this movie is hard to relate to because I, also none of my existential crises have revolved around like graduating college. Like I was like, great, I'm actually going to be so stimulated in this next chapter. Maybe it'll like distract me from my actual impending doom. Yeah. Whereas like his is. Um, a symptom of graduating college, which, like, I, I didn't have that. I didn't have college. that. I was like, you're literally such a dramatic, like, little baby head ass. Like, also, yeah. like, everyone is, like, willing to fucking give you a job, and you, like, if you're so upset. Honestly, it's a brat. It's a movie about a brat. Anyway, this has been the Summertime Sadness episode. The Summertime Sadness episode. We can do a quick, a very brief what we watched this week. Or this month. Yeah, you go first on that. Okay. I watched Death on the Nile. Because I'm in my Who Done It era. Uh, 
loved it, fun, whatever. Um, like really just a good hangover movie is what I would say about that. Okay. Um, I watched The Prestige, which I didn't get because I'm too stupid. And <laughs> cool. And I watched Carnage, which is a very fun New York City movie, obviously. Yeah. Uh, about two sets of parents who are, it's, um, who is it? It's, who plays Rose on in Titanic? Kate Winslet. It's Kate Winslet. It's Jodie Foster. It's, um, who else is it? It's uh, Christoph Waltz mm-hmm. and a fourth person. It's a four-person cast. All takes place in a Brooklyn Heights apartment. Ooh. It's, they each have a son. Like, each of the couples has yeah. a son. One of the sons hits the other son with a branch and, like, really fucks him up. And it's just them basically arguing for two hours about who was at fault. It takes place in New York, and it happens in, like, um, I think, like, Fort Greene Park. And, and it's, like, a very... It's a play. I mean, it's a play. It's based on a play. And it's, like... I've never know. seen it. You're making me want to watch it. Um, and then we saw Bottoms. We saw Bottoms, but I think that we need to dedicate an episode to Bottoms, okay. so we're not going to get into it. If you haven't seen it, you should see it as soon as possible, because it is quite literally a perfect movie. I will say that. I agree. But I really want to do a deep dive on Bottoms. That's how much I fucking loved it. I agree. Um, is that it for you? That's it. I saw uh, the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles didn't the animated one didn't love it it was fine the animation style is the same as the spider verse spider verses um i think that it has a lot of potential for spin-offs this one was just like a fine establishing movie seth it's like a seth rogan movie i thought it i would love it more but it's cool um what else did i see i saw oh have you ever seen the nice guys yep I saw that for the first time, loved it, hilarious. I really think, I mean, I know that we talk about this a lot, but Ryan Gosling really is, like, the funniest of funny guys, and I love him. Um, I rewatched Shrek 2, shout out. Shout out. I watched Dumb and Dumber 2. Shout out. Shout out. (laughs) Um, A pretty good sequel, not the best sequel, but the first one's so fucking good, and I love the first one so much that... It's worth the watch. If you haven't seen it, it's worth the watch. I've also rewatched Tour de Pharmacy, my favorite Lonely Island. Haven't seen. Um, you really should. And I also have watched Tenacious Day and the Pick of Destiny, um, the Jack Black movie. Um, and that's really it. Just a lot of rewatches. I was home for a bit, so I watched a lot of like Bluey. Yeah. If you know what Bluey is. I sure do. Um, I think. And that's, it's been a lot of that. But we're back in the groove, back to school, back in the groove, back into movies, back into the theaters. And we're back, baby. We're back. We're back. Okay. Stay tuned for, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Ding. Ding.